Hey guys, and welcome to Bored to Death. This is your host, Heath Ovens, and I've got a great episode for you tonight. I'm kind of kind of going off the cuff. I wasn't even going to put out an episode tonight, but I've I kind of hit my my tolerance point of this whole cancel culture phenomena and and whether or not it's even actually real if i know i know for certain it's it's nothing new it's nothing new even though on one side of the fence we're being we're being told it is um it's actually this quote unquote cancel culture thing uh phenomenon that they're talking about has been around for in a way shape or form for some time. Um, so w- what is it and what is it not? Well, let's see. Real cancel culture is like the Spanish Inquisition, you know, Nazi, Nazi Germany. Um, what? Uh, oh, shit. What's his name? Uh, Mussolini. I was at Bruno in Spain. That was, uh, those are some cancel cultures. We are not there. It doesn't say, you know, not to say we shouldn't be vigilant against, against getting there, but we're, we're a ways from there. So to, to say that anyone is truly being canceled by the majority of, you know, another group politically or socially, that's, that that's a stretch. So let's let's start out with being honest with each other. Okay? We we need to be we need to start out with honesty and we need to have a reckoning with the truth and what is actually happening. Not not just what we perceive to be happening, not not what's hurting our feelings that we the general public doesn't like certain words to be tossed around anymore and getting, you know, in a big huff and puff about not being able to use a certain word anymore. And, and a a lot of you guys know what words I'm talking about. I've, I've heard some people have legitimate, legitimate gripes about not being able to use the word fag and tranny anymore and how like that's not to paint a picture that that's the general consensus of of one side of the political spectrum it's not not at all but that's that's some of the people that are that are complaining about this this cancel culture type of thing and there are some instances. I'm not. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I, I've read of a few instances of, uh, you know, teachers being reprimanded or you know people being let go of certain you know positions they're in and and so on and so forth. And generally, their their positions where you normally at any time in history, not just now had to be sort of careful about what you said and how you were represented because you either represented a brand, a large company, 
uh, we're in charge of the youth and future of this country. And by spewing forth a controversial view, you could otherwise influence some easily influenced people. So things like teachers, CEOs, uh, any celebrity, anyone that has a a large, uh, large standing, a large audience. Those are things that it's not, it's not a unique time in history where those are positions or, uh, or jobs where you haven't, you've always had to be kind of careful and you've always had to be ever present of the fact that you could say something stupid and have that come back to you in a horrible way. Um, I'm taking a chance doing this episode tonight saying something stupid. I'm not going to edit any of this. This is just, you know, me spewing my thoughts because I, I honestly think that's the only way to talk about this. And I might jump to a conclusion and then backtrack a little bit and find a, a middle ground in there. And, and I might say something that I regret. I might, um, I don't think I will because I, I trust myself and I've got, I know I'm, I, I live as a, uh, as Michael Moore put it in the cowardly middle, which, uh, is, is a place I'm neither comfortable nor uncomfortable in. I, I don't mind using this show and sort of being a cultural or political referee if you know what I mean, because yeah, I can, I sway to one side. I sway to the other. I've, uh, I've gone through my, um, my ultra conservative phase. I'm, I'm not ashamed or embarrassed to admit that, um, that I know that's, that's, that's one of the main things that are maybe not one of the main things, but it's definitely one thing that, uh, people feel like they're being canceled on is not, not being able to talk about, their conservative values, or if they are a conservative at all, or were at one time, or believe something. Yeah, I was a conservative at one time. You know, for probably uh, 15, 20 years, maybe. I don't know, probably 15. 15 is probably more accurate. But I was. I, I came home from work. I tuned in to Rush Limbaugh. On you know my lunch break, I listened to Hannity and Combs and all that. I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to admit it. You know, if someone wants to hate me because at one point in my life I did that, you know, that's fine. That's on you. That's on you. Personally, I like to think that we we judge people for what they they do now in real time because people change. People change their minds. People change their points of view. We need to allow that, that that is a organic thing that happens. We can't go back in history as we do so often. And, and I see this on the left and the right. Well, well, but back then he did this or he said that, or he touched someone inappropriately or something like that. Yeah. 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 It was wrong when they did it. Are they still that person? Let me ask you a question. Are you still the person you were 10 years ago? Are you still the person you were last week? Some of you can't answer yes to that. Some of you can't. 
That's the reality of it. And the answer to that, that answer to that is no, you, you aren't the person you were 10 years ago or 20 years ago, or however long ago you might've done something incredibly fucking stupid. Something that might've given you a criminal record if you'd been caught, but you didn't. So you warp yourself into having this view of people that did that are somehow now different than you. And let's be honest, you do that. You do that. I, I fall into that trap sometimes. Guys, I'm always going to shoot you straight. I'm always going to point out my flaws. And I'm going to point out a lot of them in this episode. Because there's some things that, that first started when, when, the, when the pronouns first came out and things like that. You know, my first reaction, my first reaction, gut reaction, honest reaction was, fuck, man. Like, what, what, like, what, what is it now? But that very quickly turned to, well, okay, you know, how many are there? So, you know, you look up, you look up the list, and there's there's more than you'd think. And then you're like, well, shit, how am I supposed to remember all of these? Um, the the thing is, guys, the thing is, guys, you don't need to remember all of them. And generally speaking, most genders don't expect you to. The expectation is that when it's pointed out to you or you're corrected, you don't make a fucking huge deal about it because it's not a fucking big deal. It's not something that's incredibly inconvenient for you to learn, you know, she, they, he, they, Zed, whatever the pronoun might be. It's not a big deal. It's not a huge inconvenience. It's like if you bump into somebody at a bar, if you keep going, you look like an asshole. And the person you bumped into will probably look at you as such. And I would say they're not wrong. Because a non-asshole would have stopped and gone like, hey, I didn't mean to do that. You know, I apologize. Totally sorry. You spill their drink. Hey, can I buy you another drink? Something like that. You fuck up someone's pronouns and they correct you or something. Or if you fuck it up and you stop me like, hey, I'm sorry. Maybe I didn't acknowledge this in a certain way. That's just, that's just being nice. That's just being kind. That's just being a decent person. It's not, it's not America or the left going like, you're fucking evil. You're a piece of shit. It's not that at all. So stop taking it like that. Sure. There are a few people that will go over the top on you. There are. I'm not, I'm, (laughs) I'm not discounting that as a fact, as a reality, but I guarantee you the number of people that will go ape shit on you over it versus the people that will handle it in a respectful manner. As long as you're respectful to them, vastly outnumbers the others vastly outnumbers the other, because guess what? This, this is a, this is a, maybe an uncomfortable truth for some people. Most people are reasonable if you are reasonable with them, but it takes having a bit of backbone and being the first one to show reason. Okay. That's kind of scary for some of us, but sometimes we need to be the first one to show reason so we can get it back. And then if we don't get it back, 
that's that's a point where we have a conversation. That's a point where a dialogue needs to be started. Okay? But because that's one of the that's one of the biggest problems is a lot of us a lot of us are afraid of things. We have certain fears. Um a lot of people on the right take this as you know, an infringement on their freedom of speech because maybe not necessarily, and, and they're wrong because it's not a law. None of this stuff has been put into law as, as far as I know. So it's not an infringement on your freedom of speech. Even if someone is completely out of line and calls you a fucking piece of shit for not using their pronoun. Not not an infringement on your freedom of speech. That's that's you getting your feelings hurt. Okay? Like I was I don't think this, but I was stuck behind a truck in traffic the other day that had this bumper sticker. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have it stuck in my head the whole time. And I know and I know he's not a reflection of the entire right. I know he's not a uh, reflection of the entire Donald Trump base. But he had a bumper sticker that obviously somebody marketed or or had made because there's a market for it. There's a market for it that people think that this thing was super cool and would sell and make money and spread the word. Here's what the bumper sticker said. It said, fuck your feelings, Trump 2020. Let that sink in a little bit. I'm not going to tell you to fuck your feelings. I'm not ever going to tell you to fuck your feelings. A lot of times, people's feelings, you know, maybe more times than not, people's feelings are completely legitimate. More times than not. I'll give them, I'll give them the nod. Whether it's uh, a misunderstanding or something like that, I don't know. But a lot of your initial feelings are legitimized based on how you take in a certain comment or how you visualize something or, you know, take something in that you saw on TV, heard on the radio, on a podcast, yada, yada, yada. They're, they're legitimate, but, but fuck your feelings, right? Fuck my, fuck my feelings. Fuck my feelings. Now, how is, now you tell me, how is that? How the fuck is that a conversation starter? That's a that's what we call that's what we call a non-starter. That's a, that's an ending. That's a in in improv, in improv acting and comedy, the whole point is the guy that ends things he's he's the worst. He's the worst actor. He's the worst comedian in the group because the whole point of it is to keep things going, to keep that scene going, to keep conversations going. The statement, quote, fuck your feelings. How does that keep anything going? That just shuts, that just shuts stuff down, doesn't it? It just shuts stuff down. Now, as I said, that's not a reflection of the entire right. That's not a reflection of the entire Trump base. It's not. So I'm not stereotyping. I'm not pigeonholing you guys in a group. I shouldn't, I even feel horrible saying you guys. Well, you know, 
damn you quote you people. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. Don't twist my fucking words around. Okay. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of laughing just thinking about, just thinking about how somebody will. Um, but that's inevitable. That's, you know, we do that sometimes. We just, we warp shit once in a while. Um, to create a little more drama in our lives. But uh, so if you want to do that, you know, fuck it. You, you go, you go. Um, so where was I? But there, the thing I can't let go of is like I said earlier, there, somebody, there's a, there was a market. There was a market that was big enough to have that bumper sticker made because someone thought, thought they would make enough money off it to make it worth their while. So that's, I mean, am I, am I the only one that sees that as slightly troubling is, do you, I, I know my friends, I, like I said, I kind of live in the cowardly middle, uh, more times than not, I default to, to the left, but so I don't know. I always, I take my friends that, uh, are actively conservative and believe things that are completely polar opposite than I do. I, man, I sit and ponder some of the things they say and try to make it make sense and try to put myself in their shoes to see where they got there and how they got there and why they got there. How often, how often do you do that for some, one of these, uh, as, as a lot of you call them crazy leftists, crazy radical leftists. Um, because it, it makes somebody, <laughs> because it makes somebody a radical, a radical to think that we can uh, get by without fossil fuels. That's uh, that's quite, quite radical of them the uh the audacity to think that um i'm gonna take a quick break we'll come back uh i got it blacked out for a little bit there but um i'm gonna i'm gonna pick up on some things i wanted to talk about as i put out in my my uh little instagram promo for this episode i'm gonna talk about everything from mr potato head to pronouns as i already did um Nazism comparisons to Hitler and the Holocaust that are just are thrown around guys. They're thrown around too much, too much. We're going to talk about some other stuff too, but I'm going to take a break. I'll be back in a moment. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about uh, CPAC 2021. The I'm going to, I'm going to glaze over the fact that the stage was shaped in a giant Odal ruin, which was the uh, insignia of the seventh and twenty third volunteer SS um, units, and I think the uh, what was it called the the race race and relocation bureau, I believe also of the Nazi party. So we're gonna we're gonna skip over that, but because my. <laughs> And, and I'm kidding. I know there's probably some con- a lot of conservatives if if you're listening that are rolling their eyes. Um, I'm <clears throat> I'm 
kidding. Okay, I, I am totally open to the fact that it was a horrible gaffe and oversight. Um, I, <laughs> I know as a Jew, I realize, you know, I'm, I realize I'm part of a small group in America, but so it was kind of, you know, I was kind of like, eh, that, that looks familiar. I'm, I'm not sure where. It's um, kind of a odd, an odd symbol to choose. <laughs> To choose for the shape of a stage just because it's not practical at all, right? Like uh, stages are generally shaped certain ways because they allow for, you know, easy ingress, egress, things like that. This one, you know, if you know what an Odal ruin is, I'm, I'm not doing this on YouTube, so I can't like draw a diagram of it for you. But, you know, you've got it. You've got your phone. you got your smartphone or your, you know, your MacBook or you know, Surface Pro or whatever at home, any, any computer. I'm not, I'm not sponsored by any of those people. Fuck Apple, fuck Microsoft. There you go. Okay. That wasn't an ad for them. Uh, but you can jump on whatever and, and look up what it is. And so it's, uh, we're going to skip over that. Obviously, obviously I'm not skipping over it because I'm talking a lot about it. <laughs> uh, but Anyway, to skip over it. So the the title of the conference was America Uncancelled. And that's that's probably our main topic today is uh, what is what is this cancel culture? And is it something new? Um, it it's not really. Um, you know, they're not that any of these things were great. they they were they were very, very bad, actually. Um, you know, the Spanish Inquisition, you know, Hitler, Mussolini, was it, uh, it wasn't, not in Spain, or yeah, in Spain, was it Bruno? Um, I should, I should have looked it up before I started, but so don't, that, I'm not sure if that was the right name, I'm not sure if that was the right name, so don't, don't, don't quote me, boy, because I ain't said shit in the words of Easy e um, God rest his soul. But, uh, so culturally we've always kind of had this, uh, canceling as it's being called. And this, I'm not, this isn't in defense of canceling. So again, as I stated before, don't fucking twist my words around. You don't, you don't have my permission. I will give you permission on some things to twist them around as much as you like into the weirdest pretzel you want to. Not now, though. Not now, though. Later. Later. Okay? So, all through, for the last, oh, man. I don't, I'm going back further than this, but I, uh, let's see, I just, got my computer froze up here for a second. Hold on. Oh, I always forget I've got, like, the Touch ID thing on my MacBook by Apple buy them, spend thousands of dollars. Don't actually, um, I could care less. The, uh, there's a list of banned books that, uh, were mostly pushed, pushed for by, uh, conservative groups in America. Um, those books uh, range from a lot of classics and uh, again, some, some books in recent years have been, uh, 
leftist groups have attempted to get banned at schools also. I think uh, Atlas shrugged, Atlas shrugged, excuse me, to enunciate better. I think off the top of my head, that was one um, animal farm, which was uh, attempted to be banned by a conservative group uh, decades ago in failed, failed attempts. I know in some attempts uh, by by the left, it has been made to get attempted, been attempted to uh, get banned again. Um, I I haven't looked into this in depth. I know a lot of my friends on the right say because it paints out things like socialism and communism to be bad. And um, of, of, of course, I'm, I'm laughing. I don't believe this. Of course, all leftists are socialists and communists. They're not. Okay, I was, I was saying that to, to, I don't know, amplify the absurdity of a statement like that. Um, so so there's, there's books like that, that both the left and right, depending on, and depending on their current agendas, have, have tried to get banned. Um, is the banning of this, uh, is, is that enough to make a judgment about one side or the other to be like, this book was banned, so all of them must, all of, quote, those people all of you, quote, you people must believe this. No. No, why Why would you think that? That's, uh, I mean, haven't we, haven't we learned enough throughout the years that blanket statements are kind of problematic and dangerous? Isn't that where, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of where the roots of, you know, like, racist stereotypes and xenophobic stereotypes and and things of that nature. That's kind of where those come from. So haven't we learned enough at this point that, uh, that statements like that are, uh, are dangerous. The answer is no, we haven't, we haven't learned that yet. We need to, we need to continually fuck up, continually fuck up to learn anything We've shown that historically. We need to fumble fuck the shit out of something over and 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 over before we even attempt to get it right. Okay? That's that's the precedent we've set. Not not as Americans, as as humans. As humans, that's the precedent we've set. But anyways, moving along. So so CPAC 2021, America canceled. Um, some of the, the biggest examples Donald Trump Jr. used were um, lamenting uh, Mr. P- the, I believe it's, well, it's called Potato Head now, but uh, taking away the Mr. of Mr. Potato Head, um, citing how uh, Dr. Seuss incorporated uh, one of the companies of the group that owns the rights to Dr. Seuss, uh, Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss's books took, uh, or is taking six of them off the market for what they deemed as, a uh, an overuse of problematic statements and words and stereotypes. 
and uh, see what was uh, I don't know there there was a few other uh, a few other ones in there. Um, so here's here's the weird part. Okay, so as a as a former conservative and person that you know lives kind of in the middle, I I'm a capitalist. I believe in capitalism, but I also believe in socialist programs within a predominantly capitalist system. Why do I believe in capitalism? Because um, I think although it's created some of our greatest disasters, I think with proper regulation, and this this is kind of where I clash is the wrong choice of words, but this is where I have some disagreements with um, some libertarians that believe in un, unfettered capitalism, uh, unfettered capitalism, um, capital, la, 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 la. <laughs> can't talk. That's a, that's a tough word to say a bunch of times. Um, so unfettered capitalism is, is dangerous. Obviously we've, we, there's a thing we've shown as humans that without as much as we say, we hate regulation. We have shown what pieces of shit we are without it. As a as a as a generalization, and that's a blanket. And as I come on the heels of saying, "Don't make blanket statements." Um, <laughs> pause while I make a blanket statement. Um, so, but that's not really. I, I have a million historical examples I, I could cite, and you know that. You know that. The so we've shown historically what we do without regulation. So capitalism unfettered is dangerous. Capitalism unfettered is, you know, you get the industrial revolution and people dumping God knows what and completely destroying the Thames river, you know, or the great lakes in America. And mind you, that was, that's with regulation, even, even with regulation, we, just bend over the environment and just fuck it raw. Um, whether, whether it's a mother or father nature, I'd have or, or it or they, um, speaking of pronouns, um, it's so I, I see what we do without regulation and not to get off topic, but that's also kind of why I, I don't know if they were kind of regulate language a little bit. I don't know if I would have a huge problem with that. Like if, if they had a law that was like, you have to be nice. I'd be like, okay, that shouldn't be too fucking hard. I don't, I guess, I don't know. And when I say be nice, I'm just like I said, be, be courteous. Um, anyways, like I said, not to get, not to get off topic. So Donald Trump Jr. Lamented about these two things. Um, and as a capitalist and as most conservatives, I don't want to put you all in a group. Most conservatives are staunch supporters of capitalism, capitalism. So these companies, uh, Hasbro and, uh, Dr. Seuss incorporated that, uh, it's, it's a division or a sub company of the company that owns the rights to Dr. Seuss and, uh, Disney, uh, they said he said something about Disney, him or or Ted Cruz. Um, 
I should remember because only a couple days ago I watched it. But so these these three big corporations made this decision based on I know, I know you're going to say it's social pressure, or some of you will say it's social social pressure, but guess what social pressure does? It's, it also controls economic pressure. So these companies made an economic decision to put more money in their pockets by appealing to a larger group of people so they can make more money. So that's, I mean, that's, that's the consumer controlling the market, which is one of the, which is guys, that's one of the beauties of capitalism, right? Is that ultimately if we can get enough consumers together to believe a certain thing or be anti something else that's, that's being sold, we can get what we want. And that, and that company that we all rally behind or this other one or this one or that one, they can make tons and tons of money and their stockholders make tons and tons of money. Like, I mean, that's, these are decisions based on economics. My friends on the right, this is like a decision like, like these, that's not canceling. That's not canceling. That's capitalism, baby. That's gets, you know, that's give me that cheddar, you know, give me that cheddar. You know, that's, that's what's going on there. It's whether it's social pressure or not, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. A lot of times social pressure dictates how the market goes. And it, and isn't that, isn't that how it should be? Shouldn't the companies we want to thrive, the companies that align with us or align with the majority, uh, like, I mean, politically speaking, we go with majorities, right? I mean, when the, when the majority works our way, we like it. I guess it would probably be a more accurate statement. Um, so these companies might not align with what you believe, but guess what? As a, as a consumer, as a consumer in the United States of fucking America, that I served in the United States army for, I, you know, I put my ass on the line and a lot of my friends put their asses on the line for, for this system that we live in that, as I stated before, can either be our, our, our savior or our undoing depending on how we can work it, baby. And there, that's all those guys are doing. That's all Hasbro and Disney. That's all they're doing. They're not canceling you. No one's canceling them. They came out and they made, they made business decisions, baby. You like, we should applaud that. We should applaud that because guess what? Guess what that tells me that the system's working, that the system's working. If we, as people can get together and be like, no, fuck, fuck. No. If we can get together as citizens and say that and a a giant corporation that answers to no one, essentially no one in our government, obviously, I mean, look at how special interests control them. But guys, we can control. We can control corporations by making them bend to our will. 
And if we want the world to be a nicer, more kind, you know, maybe watered, maybe, and if that comes with maybe making things watered down and a little less authentic, you know, I don't fucking care. But the system is working. That's the system working. Donald Trump Jr., you of all people, if the world all of a sudden turned around and started bowing to Trump Enterprises and throwing shit tons of money on on you because of you know uh, conservative beliefs and something like that, I I'm gonna take a wild guess. Now, granted, I I don't know for certain, but I'm just gonna take a wild guess that you, your brother, and your sisters, and your dad, and your mom would have no problem with that. They would not have a, uh, a CPAC 2022 with the, you know, uh, America Uncanceled as the, as the title because it, it shit's going your way in that instance. So, but that's, I mean, us, you know, us on the left, we do that too. We do that too. Like it's, uh, you know, if election wise this year, if shit didn't work our way, you know, I could totally see us, you know, bitching about how the system's fucked up, voter suppression, da, 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 da. Even though a lot of that's true, you know, there's, um, you know, black Americans have been canceled, um, to some, uh, to some degree, uh, large and small, uh, throughout our history. Um, let's, uh, lest we not forget the, uh, Koch brothers who, well, recently they were against Trump, but before they decided they were against Trump, they put millions and millions of dollars into uh, different legislation that you know made it harder for minorities to vote. Um, you know, moved voting centers you know way outside of inner cities, understaffed them, you know, things like that. So that's <clears throat> that's canceling, right? That's that's canceling, right? When you make it really hard for somebody to vote. It's kind of like when, and I'm a big Second Amendment guy. I, I love guns. I love that right. But if you make it just like the Koch brothers did, if we can make it hard for minorities to vote, but not impossible, we're not necessarily breaking the law. So in, in a lot of us on the left or those maybe further on the left are saying, well, if we can make it hard, harder, but not impossible for people to own guns, maybe we can get down on gun violence. See, see the similarities there. Now, now some of you will go like, no, that's, that's completely different. Oh, I don't know. I mean, your votes, your votes speech, isn't it? Your votes speech. So I guess by making it incredibly difficult to vote or more difficult to vote, that would be an infringement on a freedom of speech, right? Same thing if you would make it, if you make it difficult to the point, to a certain point with owning a gun, as the Supreme Court has decided in different cases, you know, Washington, D.C., I think there's a couple other ones. Um, the one in District, uh, District of Columbia is the one that comes to mind the most. Um, they, if I remember correctly, they ruled in the plaintiff's favor because he, he did show that these laws were so strict that it's basically makes it impossible for me to own a gun. And I believe they decided, yeah, it does. 
So boom. So, but they took it to an extreme level. It's just like if voter suppression, you take it to an extreme level, unconstitutional. Other ways with guns, extreme level, unconstitutional. Uh, small tidbit, and again, not to get too far off topic. I believe in the original, I was I just finished this great courses deal for uh, Amazon on Amazon Audible. Um, I they are not a sponsor, but they're they're a great fucking app. I know there's other ones out there. That's the one I use. Uh, I get through tons of books on there. I love it. But uh, I was list- going through the great courses. Uh, this particular one was called Law School for Everyone. And they're going over the original Bill of Rights and amendments. And I, I'll have to look it up again. But, but if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, the original Second Amendment was having to do with how um, Congress was going to be compensated. So, and, and again, I'm not sure if I'm right, but, but if I am, you know, they were more worried about getting that cheddar than they were about you protecting your life and liberty. So, um, if, if that's true, if that's true, that's, you know, that's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. Um, uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get my shit back together here, but, uh, anyways, or actually no. So I'll, I'll keep pushing along. So those are those are some things that came out of America uncanceled and some examples. Historically, I gone through some banned books. Um, like I said, uh, I, I might've already covered this, but I'll go over it again. Like I said, catcher in the rye, uh, grapes of wrath to kill a mockingbird color purple beloved by Tony Morrison, Lord of the flies, 1984 by George Orwell, Lolita of Mice and Men. Um, let's see, Catch-22, Animal Farm, As I Lay Dying, A Farewell to Arms, uh, Song of Solomon by Toni Morris, Morrison, Native Son, uh, books by James Joyce. There are so many books that have been canceled or attempted to be canceled by conservative groups. So let's not pretend that the left is the only one that's, that's, and I'm not, and I don't even think the left is canceling anyone, but when you ban a book, that's, that's canceling someone, right? That's cancel. That's canceling somebody. When you ban, ban something, or if you burn something, I, I, you know, I've, if you want to be a, a douchebag and, you know, I don't know, burn a flag or burn a book. I mean, I guess I, I serve this country so you can do you. I'll echo the words of David Goggins. You know, you, you do you because I'm going to fucking do me. So if, if that does it for you, fine. That's, that's your freedom. That's your right. I can't, I can't go through life being like, Oh, well, that's not what, you know, what I believe. So if you're doing something like this, then like, wah, 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 wah. no, you, you just don't do that. So, okay. So now I'm going to take a break because my throat's getting kind of dry, but, uh, I will be back and we'll continue on with this cancel culture deal and live with different, different examples. I'm going to talk about some people that are some people that I think are trying to cancel you. 
and or at least they're going about it the fucking wrong way. But even them, I'm gonna, as I said, uh, a reoccurring theme in this is to try to understand each other, try to understand where each other's coming from and give some legitimacy to some fears that some people have. All right, guys, bored to death. We'll be back shortly. Hey, guys, I'm back. And just like, just like I said before, we're going to continue this conversation about cancel culture. Um, shit, I just knew exactly what I was going to be talking about. And then, poof, it's gone. So um, maybe some examples. Some examples of it. Um, <clears throat> oh, no, I remember. Uh, I, I mentioned it earlier that a lot of these things that we think are being, that were being, quote, canceled are actually just little, maybe little inconveniences that that we'll get used to. And I know a lot of you are saying like, ooh, like, well, where does it stop, Heath? Where does it stop? I don't fucking know. Um, somewhere between here and Nazi Germany. I don't, I don't know. But since we're a fucking ways from Nazi Germany, I, I think we got to... We can we can go a little probably at the pace we're going I don't know for some time I don't know I I don't off the top of my head that's that's what pops in there um, so I think I think we're good I think we're good guys um, some horrible ways to go about this and and I I I am at odds with uh, this with this woman's approach and I'll, and I'll be frank. I have, I've looked at it. I've taken a step back and is, is who I'm talking about is, is Kathy Griffin. Um, a lot of you might know Kathy's a pretty successful comedian, actress, um, some other thing. I reality TV show host, I think, um, uh, Pretty well-known personality. Um, she has been uh, very outspoken in the in the 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 Me Too movement, which which I'm a, I was a supporter of as a, a, an actor and model down in. Uh, Los Angeles for that a time in my life as someone that experienced uh, some sexual misconduct and uh, even a sexual assault that I never talk about. And this will probably be the only time I mention it because I just want to let you guys know how I can relate to where this person that I disagree with and might not like is coming from. Um. So very outspoken in that regard. Uh, I am at odds with the way she sometimes attacks either those uh, accused of certain things uh, before due process has played out and the calling of uh, violence or harassment and things like that again against people who have not had the due process or uh, had the ability to 
ability or opportunity, in my opinion, in my opinion, doesn't make it the gospel truth, of course, in my opinion, to defend themselves. I, I think that that is, I think, the root at what a lot of people from the right are coming from in this cancel culture, that if I, and I don't mean to put words in your mouth, I'm just, this is what I think, that there's a fear and it's it, it very well be might be a legitimate one because there's examples out there that you can go to well well like I don't want to get attacked like that person but sometimes stupid shit slips out sometimes stupid shit slips out of our mouth i've said dumb stuff a lot i have stuck my entire foot my entire leg in my mouth before i would be devastated if doing that once completely ended my life for lack of a better word or lack of a better example. Even a lot of people that talk about and do things, if you know, if you want to be racist or have like a racist gang or something like that, or a sexist or homophobic gang or something, you know, do, you know, get together, have your meetings, stuff like that. It, if you start committing violence against those people, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. Um, I'll say that again. If you start committing violence or going out and harassing those people, fuck you. You are a piece of shit. Okay, there. I said that. That being said, if you want to have your own groups and be racists and bigots in your own house, go ahead. You know, you go. But when you go out in the real world, when you go out, when you go out in the world, you got to treat people respectfully. I don't give a shit what you believe in that regard that this person might be inferior. That person might be inferior. You might, you might think that gays or, uh, transsexuals have mental problems or something like that. You know, think that all you want, but you know, when you're in your own house, do what the fuck you want. When you're outside of it, there's consequences to being hurtful and disrespectful and a piece of shit. That's, and that's how it's always been. That's nothing new people. That's nothing new. There's always been consequences for being a fucking moron. Sometimes it catches up with you right off the bat. Sometimes it takes a while, but there's always been consequences. Karma has been around since the beginning of time, baby. It's not going anywhere. It's not. Okay. And sometimes karma will work itself out and sometimes people will fucking hit the fast forward button on you and make that shit bite you in the ass real quick. Okay. But the, the way, not again, and not to get off topic, I do, I do that. So I got to, usually I have Chris and Luke as I, I refer to them, you know, when we're podcasting as bumper bowling because they kind of keep me going in a straight line. So I'm actually proud of myself that I'm, uh, be, but uh, that I'm able to do that on my own at this stage. <laughs> but so like, I don't, I, if I could sit down and talk with Kathy, I think this is how I would go about it. It'd be like, Kathy, listen, I understand 
as someone that has also been through some of the things that you have been through, I understand the anger and contempt you must have for certain people that have done these things. As a man, even though we have had the same thing committed to us and done unto us, that experience is still vastly different because I am a man and you are a woman. In my instance, I, I had the ability to defend myself. You might not, you might not ha- have had that opportunity. The pressure that is on a woman, you know, to appear a certain way, to sexualize in a certain way by society is a pressure that I don't have as a man. If I, if I have, if I have that, generally it's something I put on myself. It's nothing anyone else puts on me. Like as a model for a long time, fucked up my head because I I told myself I needed to look a certain way and my body needed to be built a certain way, things like that. That was stuff on me. That was nothing my agent ever told me. That was nothing a producer ever told me. Nothing a photographer ever told me. People made fun of my feet a lot, okay? That's something I still carry with me today. Is it anything close to what a lot of women go through? Is it anything close to a lot of women go through? No, it's not. I know that because I'm not a moron. So in having that conversation with Kathy, I'd be like, listen, I can never understand your experience, but I can empathize. That being said, why are you going about it this way? Throwing stones before we know the whole story. And... And I would sit there and I would listen to her. Because even as it stands right now, I probably don't know the whole whole story. You out there probably don't know the whole story. That's why I'm not going to accuse her of anything. And none of you, if, if you're on the left and someone puts out some tweet and you start retweeting it and making all these comments... When you don't know the fucking truth, you're just as much of a part of the problem. You are just as much a part of the problem. There is one egregious example by an extreme leftist that the kid that was involved, uh, I can't remember which state it was in or his name, but you guys know who I'm talking about. The one that... His mom, he took his gun and his mom drove him or he drove himself across state lines into someplace else to help, in his words or in in his group's words, protect properties and and things like that. And he ended up getting in an altercation, I believe, with uh, a black male and shooting and killing him. So upon his release from bail, and I... I'm not stating any any view on that. I well, I will insert my own opinion. I think all of that could have been avoided if he stayed home. That's my opinion on it. And I'll leave it at that. But anyways, he had a picture that went viral on Twitter 
with, uh, I believe, his dad and his uncle, and he was wearing a black rifle coffee t- uh, black rifle coffee shirt. And someone just without any knowledge of the situation or did anything to back up this statement drew the conclusion that Black Rifle Coffee was sponsoring him and proceeded to tweet that out, which it got thousands of retweets and thousands of likes for people calling for the heads of the owners and founders of Black Rifle Coffee. Now, whether or not Black Rifle Coffee is a conservative group or not, they are. They're run by a bunch of conservatives. Being a conservative is not wrong. It's a point of view. It's a point of view, just like your point of view is yours. Their point of view is theirs. Okay? The only thing I've seen that guys from Black Rifle Coffee is kind of be a little willy-nilly with guns and stuff like that, but I... I don't necessarily have a pro- I don't have a problem. I was about to say I don't necessarily have. I don't have a problem with that. I go out and I shoot a bunch of guns. I've never seen any of those guys uh, make any post or any insinuation of uh, you know racial inequity or anything like that. Their their crime in this instance in this inst- in this instance was being conservative. And they saw a kid involved in a situation wearing their shirt and somebody made these connections that don't exist and shit goes viral. And that's, guys, I, that is irresponsible. That's irresponsible. You could end up getting somebody hurt or killed. Do you realize that? Like, like my friends on the left, like I'm... <laughs> More times than not, like I'm on your side, but but in instances like that, that's that's insane. That's crossing the line. That is crossing the line. You do not try to get somebody hurt, get somebody attacked, gets destroy somebody's life when you don't know the whole fucking story. Who the fuck are you to do that to somebody? Some miserable twerp sitting at home, living in your mom's basement, playing 12 hours of World of Warcraft a day, and you see some bullshit like this and you want to just destroy somebody? That's wrong. That's wrong on on multiple levels. So yes, that kind of stuff goes on. I see it. I follow people from all walks of life. On social media. And I'm friends with people from all walks of life on social media. And that shit is dangerous. Slandering somebody without any real reason. Not that you should slander anybody. But slander like that can have deadly, deadly consequences. And I would feel so horrible not just for the the family and the loved ones of somebody that had that violence visited upon them but to have that shit on your soul on your shoulders and on your conscience the rest of your life that you were wrong 
that you went out and you fucking threw these people under the bus and you were fucking wrong and somebody hurt them and or killed them? Man, I... I I just don't know about shit like that. Um Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take a quick break. I'm I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about something real controversial. Um a couple things. Uh but I'm feeling good. I'm on a roll. I think this is a good talk. I hope uh I hope everyone listening kind of feels like their their side of the story is being represented a little. Um as I said, I'm, I'm not on either of your sides. I'm in the middle. And this is, this is where I see the world. This is how, how I see the world. Anyways, I'll, uh, I'll be back. Hey guys, uh, this is Heath. I'm back. And kind of moving along to um, some new topics. Uh, I want to re- reiterate something I, I think I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, it has to do with, or maybe I haven't mentioned it. So yeah, let's talk about it now. We, when, when we communicate, I, I've brought up throughout this episode, we need to understand each other's fears. And in, in certain cases, understand that they have legitimacy. For instance, um, somebody on the left might not understand why someone on the right ha- is pro-Second Amendment. And having a lot of friends on the right, it, I fully understand when they voice their, their concern for safety, for protecting their life, their liberty, and things of that nature. And you get some conflict because you'll have some people on the left that see guns as as only this one thing, this one tool for uh, for death and crime, and it's it's a challenge to not see them as those um, tools of that. With a lot of stuff that uh, we we see on the news. And things of that nature. So, so you need to see that these guys, these are, these are real fears, whether you think they're legitimate or not. And you need to recognize that with them when you're having a conversation or when you're making statements on social media about why should anybody need this? Why should anybody need that? If you want the same respect and same understanding when you're making your statements about, uh, I don't know, getting rid of getting rid of fossil fuels or, or this, that, or the other thing. If you want those to be looked at as legitimized and, and real too, if you, if you're seeking empathy, like you need, you need to give it and you can't be afraid to be the first one to do it. And, and I understand it, it can, it, it can be frustrating. Like when we're having these talks, I have a lot of talks with people and I, my ego is pretty huge. So I think I'm pretty sensible. 
Okay. I'll just, I'll just say it. I'm, I'm, I'm honest. You guys are, I mean, you guys are always going to get honesty from me. I'm not quite a narcissist, but close. Um, I, I hope not, but who knows? Um, so when we have these conversations, a lot of times I'll, you know, concede a bit or acknowledge when, uh, I'm having a conversation with somebody that identifies as conservative or, or it's something else. And they will never reciprocate that when I will bring up a, a well-researched point or, uh, a historical example or something from a, you know, medical journal or science paper that I, I read or something like that. And I, I won't get that reciprocation sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, and I'm sure I'm guilty of doing the same to them. A lot of times I'll have my mind made up and it, it takes me thinking about that conversation and replaying it in my head a few times post conversation to be like, ah, I, you know, I can, I can see where I, uh, I didn't give them a chance to explain themselves maybe properly or try to understand where they're coming from a little bit. I'm, I'm guilty of that sometimes. Uh, I, I, again, I don't want to assume anything, but maybe you are too. Maybe you are guilty of that as well. That's, that's one of the, the big, uh, keystones of, of conversation is, is that reciprocity? Is that, is that give and take of how we, we talk things out and nobody gets, as I mentioned earlier in improv, nobody ends the conversation because in a lot of instances in in some in some there's a definite right and wrong answer in some instances it's we're faced point blank with the opportunity to do what's right and we choose not to in some in, instances it's more gray and we need to make an effort to that and a lot of people are What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, hesitant um, to concede a good point or to point out that somebody said something accurate and that I hadn't and make the statement. I had not considered that information before. Now that I have this new information, let me look it up and rethink where I'm coming from. Because I, even, although I still am pretty sure I'm right, and maybe this doesn't change anything, but for this conversation to continue, and this relationship to continue, because it's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. Is how we we change we change anything, get movements to work or fail or this or that. It's all about relationships. You, you take it into consideration. But guess what? I'm speaking I'm speaking to both of you here. As the referee, I'm saying you need to do this. But guess what? So do you. And neither of you can be afraid to be the first one to do it. In fact, the first one to do it 
you're brave. That's in that's bravery. In this in this society we live in today. In this society we live in today where very little is asked of you. To do that, to reach across and be and tell someone, yeah, that's that's actually a good point. I hadn't considered that. To that's that's bravery. There's, I know the, the word bravery is thrown around in a, a lot of instances and it's kind of watered it down and things like that, but I truly think that that's bravery in, to, in, to, in today's world, in today's world, to reach across and be the first. And maybe in a relationship that, that's be the first to go out on a limb and say, I love you. Could be something similar. I don't know. Um... Anyways, moving moving on to the the last topic I have of the day, and, and this this might be short because it's. I realize I'm biased on this, and my bias has been uh, present throughout this episode, whether I attempted to keep it at bay or not. It's just something that happens. Um. I started looking at it recently and it's happened many times before and it, and it happens and it will continue to happen in the future. Um, a actress, uh, Gina Carano, uh, made some tweets lamenting the pressure she felt by people on Twitter as a lot of you, if you don't know the background, the, the tweets she made in response to some social pressure that was put on her by other people on social media that ultimately got her fired from Disney. Um, and I, I'll, say it, I don't think it was a fireable offense by her. I, th- I think what she did was tone deaf and stupid, not fireable. Uh, I'm not Disney. I'm not running a multi-billion dollar corporation. So they had a business business decision to make. Um, I would like to think there was some empathy involved in that decision. Uh, it does not look like there was because she found out via Twitter that she lost her job. Um, but anyway, uh, Gina got a bunch of pressure on Twitter for people to have her put up her pronouns on her Twitter page. Uh, she took exception to that and which it's, she's her own, she's her own woman. She's her own person. Uh, a decision that she made, I think other people should have respected that. They did not. So there's, in a lot of instances where something shitty happens, there's, there's several steps that were taken by both sides that could have kept a situation at bay or from developing at all. Uh, but neither side, neither side chose to, um, I don't know, uh, disarm a little bit or de, excuse me, de-escalate is the word maybe I was looking for. But so a lot of people were pressuring Gina to do that. Uh, Gina took ex- exception and 
made a uh, what a lot of people have done on the left and right, made this monumental jump from the social and or political pressure that she felt was being put upon her was uh, tantamount to Nazism. And put out a tweet uh, with a statement alluding to the fact that uh, political de- political discrimination is on par with cultural and or racial discrimination. And she put a picture of a stating that history isn't was has not been taught correctly, that this is actually how Nazism started with the government turning people against people and which I is our government turning people against each other or did you guys already hate each other? I I don't know. It was is it the chicken or the egg? Because I don't I don't see I don't feel pressured by my government to hate anyone. I don't. I I don't feel like I'm a piece of shit for being a white male. I realize I have a certain amount of privilege that comes with that, but that's my personal opinion. If you're a white male and you feel you do not have privilege, that's fine. I there's nothing I can do or say to change your mind. You know, maybe there is, but again, who am I to impress? impress my views upon you in in a with an extreme amount of pressure cuz that's going to click on you know your defense mechanism and you're going to somebody's going to fight back just like like I did you know a couple days ago the I was having a conversation and and this is a key thing that comes up in communication also is you know, when you're citing an example or something and someone comes in and they're like, yeah, but when this person said this or what this, this person did this and that was way worse. Well, that may be the case. I didn't know about that. Now that I do know that I can reevaluate, but also kind of fuck you because who are you to tell me what's worse and what's not? Like, that's, like, isn't that kind of, it's kind of condescending, isn't it? Like, me telling you how to interpret something, which I know a lot of people on the right thinks think that's what the left is doing. And some people on the left are. Not all of them. Okay? Some people on the right are assholes. Not all of them are. Okay, let's let's get away from that. Let's get away from people telling you how you should interpret this information. Because we're as as much as a lot of people think that everyone's a fucking moron, they're not. And and maybe it's you that's the fucking moron. Okay? There that possibility always exists. So, anyways, moving along. So Gina Gina went on to post a, along with this uh, Twitter post, put a, uh, a picture of a, uh, a woman that was beaten and had her clothes torn off. She was in her undergarments um, being chased by what looks like some, some kids and I, I think a soldier 
Um, so is how I interpreted that. Again, this is just my interpretation is how I interpreted that is that Gina felt like people pressuring her to put her pronouns on Twitter was the same as a woman being attacked for being a Jew who was probably either beaten, tortured, put in a uh, concentration camp and, and by all accounts, I mean, 6 million Jews were killed in world war two. She very well could have been one of the 6 million. Um, so as, uh, some of you know, some of you don't, I'll just tell you, I'm, I'm Jewish. I, uh, I'm a practicing Jew. Um, I am at odds with God a lot. But uh, a Jew, nevertheless. So I I am biased on this. But I think when we spell it out, that my being harassed on Twitter is the same as being persecuted and in interned having everything in your life stolen from you and in essence, your family line erased in some cases. Uh, and probably killed, you know, in a, in a horrible way. Uh, you know, Gina, I don't know if those things are the same. I don't, I don't, I don't know that they are. And I've read some pretty graphic firsthand accounts of the Holocaust. And I don't think history has been omitted by them. It took me seven months to read Viktor Frankl's book and because every every few pages I had to put it down I had to put it down because I would cry I would get so overwhelmed with emotion and anger that I I had to put it down for weeks at a time So, Gina, I understand what it's like to be put in a corner. But nothing that ever happened to you was anywhere close to that. And I will speak to anyone else out there that throws around, on the left or right, that throws around things comparison comparing things to nazism or the holocaust well guess what here's a here's a historical account of a, a timeline if you will of of the holocaust and you know you can make it a you know 
draw the conclusions yourself. Uh, the beer hall push. Uh, Hitler and the Nazi party unsuccessfully tried to overthrow the Weimar Republic. The event became known as the beer hall push. Uh, the Nazi party used that to uh, claim a, a terrorist activity and a state a state of emergency. And then Hitler was appointed chancellor. And actually, excuse me, it was the Reichstag fire that that did that. Slightly before Hitler was appointed uh, uh, chancellor, and then so 1933, years and years before we got involved. Uh, the Dachau is established and the first Nazi concentration camp. Uh, it was uh, there until 1945. 188,000 Jews were held there. 28,000 which were murdered or in forced labor until they died or starved to death. Much like many other concentration camps. The Enabling Act was passed in 1933. The Enabling Act was passed granting government dictatorial powers for four years. The boycott of Jewish businesses happened in 1933. I don't think I've seen anything close to that. Any, anyone's, anyone's business gotten shut down? The only ones I've heard of is a group of people that refused to bake a cake for a gay couple. And again, that wasn't the government... That was a bunch of people that was like, hey, that's fucking shitty. Whether you're a private business or not. Okay, two very different things. This is, uh, you know, that's the beginning of fucking Nazism, Gina. And that's 1933. That's long before a lot of other stuff happens. The law for restoration of the professional civil service. The law of the restoration of the professional civil service banned Jews dis and dissidents from, the si from civil service. As a result, Jewish teachers, professors, judges, and other, other civil servants lost their jobs. Uh, book burnings. Official book burnings started May 1933. Uh, the sterilization law. The sterilization law passed forcing compulsory sterilization of disabled or mentally ill people. Approximately 400 thousand were sterilized as a result concordant with the vatican uh the catholic church uh, i don't want to get into this shit with the catholic church that you guys know what happened the editorship laws passed this law imposed strict rules on what newspapers were allowed to publish non-aryans were banned from working on journalism do i need to go on like do i need to fucking go on because we're only on 19 fucking 34 and the war didn't end until 1945. So where on, from, oh, uh, 1935, Jehovah's Witnesses ban. The German government issued a ban on all organizations of the Jehovah Witnesses. Okay, and I haven't even, I haven't even gotten to the Nuremberg Laws. Okay, I haven't gotten to the Nuremberg Laws. Those were in 1935. But if you need me to go on, I will. But hopefully by this point, you've already seen that we're not fucking close to Nazism. And that you making that comparison is belittling and trivializing the evil and catastrophe that Nazism was. You might think that you're staying vigilant 
But when you throw around a comparison to the Nazi party and comparison to every asshole that exists to Hitler, you're making it commonplace. If everything is Nazism, nothing is Nazism. And it continues to fester, to grow. A guest rabbi here at, at our temple said that once. I'm quoting him. If everything is Nazism, then nothing is Nazism. And that's what gives it its power. You make it something that everything's this. So nothing is it. So if nothing is Nazism, it can grow and grow and fester and get into every nook and cranny and crack. Racism works the same way. Racism works the same way. So you can't throw out, you're racist or you're this or that all willy-nilly because then if everything's racism, nothing is racism. There, someone, someone said to me, I've, I've had people say that, well, well when this group of, of Democrats or something denounced Israel or, or when Obama denounced, like said something bad about Israel years ago, I remember, and I was vocal about it, but minimizing the Holocaust, do you realize, do you realize the Holocaust is why Israel exists? The worldwide sentiment towards Jews did not exist until after World War II. We are and have always been an afterthought. There was a bigger focus on creating an Arab nation than a Jewish nation prior to World War II. Most of the world, and even after Israel, Israel was created, most of the world, including the United States, I'll say it again, including the United States, turned their backs on Israel when they were surrounded by Arab nations to be destroyed and eradicated again. But we forget about that. We don't talk about that. There's all this talk of this, you know, from fucking people in government, pro-Israel this, pro-Israel that. Who gives a shit? Without the Holocaust, Israel isn't a thing. So to minimize the Holocaust is speaking Israel out of existence. So you better fucking believe minimizing the Holocaust is worse than whatever you think some politician said 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 150 years later. Because they can't even make that statement without the Holocaust. Okay, I'm going to calm the fuck down. I'm going to have a drink. Um, that's, uh, that's where I'm going to end off. Kind of went from, went from burning coals to a fire. And, and guys, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm biased, but that's just like, that's just knowing some history, man. Like it, it wasn't just like fucking suppressing what you wanted to say that now you think you can't say like what? And that's a question to ask yourself. Like what, what is it? What is it that you really, that you really, really want to fucking say that you feel like you can't 
What is it? Is it something that if you thought about for a little while, might be actually might be kind of shitty? Is that it? Or, or, or what? Like, may, like, this is a real question I want you to ask yourself. It's a question I ask myself when I get frustrated with some new, you know, policy or something that maybe overtly to one side or the other. I, I, what is it with you though? Like what, like, what do you really want to say? What do you feel like you can't, what do you feel like you can't do now that you want to? Like what, like what are, think about some of those things. Think critically, sit down and write them down. Like, am I really being suppressed or am I being soft? Like it's the irony that exists with one group calling another group snowflakes that gets equally as offended. Like those are some questions you should be asking yourself. And is my complaining any different or any less valid than these people's? Like those are some real fucking questions to ask yourself. Take the time. It's worth it. Your neighbors, the people, the citizens you share this amazing fucking country with are worth that time. They're worth it. Until next time, this is Bored to Death. You guys rock.